Mike, what are we talking about in today's episode of Moving the Goalposts? Today we discuss Nikhil Harry's trade proposal and what the Patriots should be doing with Stefan Gilmore. We're at the All-Star break. The Red Sox are in first place. We're talking baseball in today's episode as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and tell a friend. Moving the goalposts wherever you listen. You ready? 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 Watch out, Frank Everybody, welcome to Moving the Goalposts, New England's number one sports podcast. I'm Nick Mara, joined by my co-host Mike Masala. Mike, how are you now? Doing well, brother. How are you? Not so bad. You can check out our social media profiles on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nick Mara94. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Masala or on Instagram at Mike Masala NFL. Be sure to follow along on the social media for the Moving the Goalpost page there on Twitter and Instagram at Moving the Post. We have producer extraordinaire now. Andrew Meehan. What's up, Meehan? Not producing. Well, just yet. (laughs) We're getting there. We still have to figure out all the technology behind everything. And it's his birthday. Well, belated birthday. We want to celebrate. Uh, Thanks, guys. I got him a a cake. It's coming to the door eventually. What kind of cake are we talking about? I was just about to say, what kind of cake? I could go for cake. Sure, Carvel does some does some wonderful work. Carvel, oh, I haven't had a Carvel mm, in a while. Likey fudgy the <laughs> way. Been a hot minute since I've had a Carvel cake. My uh, my family makes their own ice cream cake. Oh, we do too. Love ice cream cake. Best. Yeah. Like if if I had to choose any dessert on my birthday, I always pick that. Ice cream cake's good. See, that's what I used to do, but now I've been hooked on. Uh, I can't do like a crunchy, really sugary frosting. Like grinds the teeth and everything. Mm. Like a nice whipped cream frosting. Okay. Nice, nice and smooth. Kind of like a mm-hmm. ganache then? Yeah, kind of like you. That's like what you would find like on a Carvel. It's like smooth and yeah. stuff, but I can't do like like Vienna Bakery. Like Yeah, Vienna Bakery stuff. I can't. It's too crunchy. It's, yeah. I, that, it's the, hard, the cavities. The hard frosting, the, the artificial sugar, it's, it can yeah. be difficult. It's a little too much. There, there goes our Vienna Bakery sponsor that was coming in next week. God damn. Oh, you kidding me? I could get oh. a Vienna Bakery sponsor in the snap of a finger, actually. We could just lie and say, hey, yeah, it's for one of the town Little League teams. I know the owner. For us. Perfect. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want to get, we could do the Vienna Bakery. It's fine. They'll be, he'll be cool with it. Good, good bakery pizza. But no, I think, uh, I think this is, this is the best time for us to be starting because it does seem as though we're coming to the end of, uh, obviously the hockey season is over. Basketball season's coming to an end, but football's right around the corner, right? We start in training camp in two weeks, three weeks, right around the corner. And uh, New England has some decisions that they're going to have to make on a couple of guys. One isn't really a decision, I would say. It's more just who offers up the most. Uh, Nikhil Harry wants to trade. He doesn't want to be in New England anymore. Mike, what could the Patriots possibly get for Nikhil Harry? The the returns in in the past haven't been good. I uh, I did a little bit of research on uh, former first round pick wide receivers who were traded in 
their before their rookie deal was over, uh, and it and it's it's not good. Uh, very, so, very low returns coming is, back. Is one Philip Dorsett on that list? Philip Dorsett was on that list. Corey Coleman a couple years ago when he was traded to Buffalo for a seventh. Yeah. Um, and when Jonathan Baldwin, known uh, oh. comparison to Julio Jones, was traded for AJ Jenkins, both first round pick wide receivers who did absolutely nothing in the league. So you are probably going to get a sixth, seventh conditional or somebody else's trash, but which is I- what. Jacoby Brissett was at that time. He has performed better now, but he was a, a third string quarterback, probably going to get cut back then. Which basically, like, he was a, I think, fourth round pick in, in that draft, 2016 draft. So you swapped a, an old one for a four. And I would say that's, that's good value if you're going to be selling low on one of these high first round receivers. Can't expect to be getting anything better than a sixth then for Nikhil Harry. But it does seem like there's a lot of teams that are interested in taking a flyer on him. I just don't know if any of them are going to be willing to like get into a bidding war over right. a guy who's had eight was it 86 targets. I'm sorry. Eight, 86 targets in two years. Even if those were receptions, is that amazing? No. In two years? No, not for a first round pick. And the fact that you mention his college career. In, in that, that has, first of all, the I've said this to you before. Right. The jump from college to the NFL is a lot bigger than people really think. It is because credit to, I I think I was listening to the midday show, 98.5. And I went back and I watched highlight because I haven't watched really any highlights of Nikhil's, Nikhil's uh, college career recently. I did when they got drafted for him. It's not, he's always, he's never had speed. So we got that out of the way when we first saw him, but he was the big, you know, 50-50 ball can go up and grab it. Who was he going? Who was he really going against in his college career? I, I couldn't tell you. Like how how tall is Nikhil Harry? He's, I would love to know how tall and how big those corners that sized up against him were. Well, and he was playing in the Pac-12. What? How many teams are out there now? 12, 10, 8, 16? I don't <laughs> I, I That conference doesn't ever really do anything for me. Like, yeah. I can't. You've had a couple of good quarterbacks that have come out of that conference. You've had. Oh, but it's not some, the most competitive. No, it's not. That's the problem. And, and they're known for not playing defense. That's the thing. They're, they're known for not stopping anybody. Everybody puts up these huge offensive numbers. Right. And that division just gives up over, like ton, tons of points every year. The, when it comes down to Nikhil Harry for me is like, yes, part of it is the fact that he played with Cam Newton. Would he, his numbers have looked a little bit better if he had an average quarterback in there last year, probably oh. Oh. 10, 10 catches, 10 more catches, something like that. But it doesn't, it, it still wouldn't warrant the first round pick is, is what we're talking about. Right. And especially when you look around at the 2018 class, the 2019 class, it's, it's hurtful. <laughs> it hurts watching all of these guys who went around him and to demand a trade and then also put it on. Oh, he, he is better than what his numbers are showing. He, he's not. He's simply not. I actually, I don't want to say I disagree with that entirely, but I would say if they were in a system or if, if Harry was in a system that made him more of a focal point of the offense, then yeah, sure, possibly would have better numbers. The average quarterback, he'd have 10 more receptions. I don't, I really don't know if I buy that because his first year in the league, he had Tom Brady and Tom Brady could do only so much with him again we right. i always go back to that game against kansas city his rookie year where like he got screwed out of a touchdown 
that one touchdown doesn't all of a sudden justify this this horrific pick. Yeah. Right. Well, so, you saw a couple of flashes of good in Nikhil Harry playing when he came back from whatever injury it was in 2019. But again, yeah, you, you had when you talk about the system, you had that his first year. You couldn't have been playing with a better quarterback right. who develops receivers. Look what he did with Julian Edelman. It's again, I'm just talking about the size thing because in the NFL, you have as a deep threat receiver, as a wideout, speed, speed, speed. That's yeah. what it doesn't matter how big I mean, it matters how big you are. I don't want to say that, but it just can't be that. But like strength, it's like, not the Pac 12 anymore. I'm not think. I think Nikhil Harry would have been more of like a, um, the idea of Nikhil Harry was like a, a modern day Brandon Marshall yeah, or like a Josh Gordon, one of these big, strong, fast guys that could yeah. get down the field, win contested catches. Nikhil Harry's never done that. No, because even you would see them uh, his first year and even last year, you would, you would see them run an end around with Nikhil Harry. And he just, he for a receiver, it looks like he runs with blocks on his feet. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's got no burst. Do, well, that's the whole thing is like you 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 already knew what was what was going to happen. Like you, this is a wide receiver who couldn't separate in college against defenses who couldn't cover. And and you expected him to make that leap. And as you said, me and like it's it's a bigger leap than people are willing to give it credit for. He has the because the corners you're going against. You, ha- you got to like beat them. You got to. Right. You have to have and speed. He, <laughs> and you can't do that now. And like that's why people have always have been talking about, oh, you should move him to tight end. What have what has he shown that's gonna make him a competent tight end either? I mean, he's somewhat decent in the blocking game, but he's not taking on linebackers. Right. Yeah. You know, see, but I think it could because he's like his height, so he's six four, right? He's the minimum of a the size of a tight end in the NFL. So I don't think it would be a terrible idea. Like I was on that train last year. Throw like throw him at a tight. Just throw him into tight end. Who else, who else do you have that's going to be any better? Last year, especially. But it's it wouldn't be a bad transition. I don't think it'd be a bad idea. If I were a team, I would certainly at least toy with the idea of it. But And it sounds like that's what he wants to do. His agent is saying, we want to go to a team that's going to utilize him more of like a contested catch guy. Oh, I talk say, about the agent for a minute. So I, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the agent. <laughs> but w- what I would say is Nikhil Harry wants to be a first round pick that just plays inside the 20. That's it. That's okay. He doesn't, he doesn't want to run because he's got no speed. He doesn't want to go across the middle because he's probably too much of a puss. He just wants to catch fade routes. And he is, he is soft. like, it, exactly. It's bad. Was it the, uh, who was the defensive back that like jacked him up last year on the sideline? Jamal Wiltz, former Patriot, Jamal Wiltz. <laughs> See, only you would know that that guy was, <laughs> only you would know his name and then know that he was a former Patriot. He's actually not even Jamal Wiltz anymore. He changed his last name. It's it's crazy. <laughs> oh, did he get married? Now he's hyphenating it. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe he had a kid and he added a senior on the end. Congrats on the sex. Uh, Nikhil Harry was dead last in uh, 143 out of 143 in average yards of separation last year. Yeah, it, it, there was never any doubt in my mind that Nikhil Harry wasn't going to work well with with Cam Newton. And was it the week? Was it the week three game? It was early in the season when he had the fumble through the end zone, and Cam Newton comes out in support of him, and he's like, you know, he was a dog today. He was battling. He was doing this. He had one mistake. I'm not going to get on him for just one mistake. And it's like, maybe you should. Because he doesn't really seem to be the kind of guy that responds well to uh, adversity. 
And if you're just going to let him continue to make mistakes and not get on him and he's going to be allowed to make mistakes, then he's not going to learn any better. I just, I think if, if New England can try and swindle something of a, a higher pick than like a sixth round pick, even if it's like a, a former player or not a former player, but like a former draft pick that has also been a bust, I would almost rather have that than just oh, give him something in the sixth or seventh round. Right. Because, uh, uh, right. What are the, what are the chances that you're, you're hitting then? It's like, the, there's been a lot of talk about Arizona because that's where he was from. Like he has a house out there. They've also had a wide receiver who has struggled out there and was a second round pick. That's been a, a, a conversation. I would, I would take Isabella right now. If that, if, if that was what it came down to who has done less than Nikhil Harry does, but at least he has speed, like something that I can see fitting into this offense. Oh yeah. He'd be a much better fit, much better fit. Right. And, and the, the thing that sucks too, is it's not that Nikhil Harry is a bad fit in the offense, because if he was good at what he says he's good at or what he says he wants to be good at, that fits in every offense. Like you use good players. It's funny. I had a uh, coach was telling me the other day about when people complain about not playing certain players. And it's like, yes, the coach wants to lose. That's why they decided (laughs) not to play that guy because, because he would give them a better chance of winning. And, uh, and, and, that's not what the coach wants to have happen. So I don't know. I think Nikhil Harry will, will be off to greener pastures soon enough. He said he wanted to get the deal done by the start of training camp. I don't know if his agent said he wants it. Yeah. Well, when's the last time you saw an agent speak out like that for a player? You, uh, usually you just in see, football? You, usually you just see the headline requested a trade, right? Not a, an elaborate statement that where it's just, I was just like, okay, good. Leave. Who was Antonio later. Brown's agent when he was in Pittsburgh? Uh, was it um, what's his name? The big agent, Drew Rosenhaus. Rosenha- was it? Was it Rosenhaus? I don't know. Well, that's who represents him right now. I don't know. No, I, I I don't I don't know who does represent him now. I I, I don't know. I'm I sure think it's still Rosenhaus. But I think I remembered hearing like someone had to start making statements on behalf of Antonio Brown when he was going through his like insane phase. Well, that's, I mean, that's, it's not a trade request, right? But, but it is, but it is, it is Antonio Brown though. I think there's a diff, I don't know, but the first time for Nikhil Harry, I was just like, really like the 80 dominant college career, 86 targets in two years. It's like, you are not helping your, your client's trade value right now. I like the comment. Someone said that the the press release read like something out of the onion. Like our and team's going to look at that and go 86 targets, in two years. Guys, we got to get them. We, that's right. it. Sold. Here's my first round draft pick. Take it. Well, he was right. injured. That's why he only had 86 targets. If he was on the field more often, you see he'd be upwards of 150 targets. Well, do you guys remember last year? I think he missed a little bit of training camp regarding uh, not train. Uh, it might have been OTAs, but I think last year he missed a little. Or no, we didn't have OTAs last year. When he missed something, I think he actually missed training camp for a little bit. I think that's what it was. It was definitely last year. It wasn't his first. It wasn't his first year. I don't think he definitely missed something. But even year. his his mentality, because we talked about this in one of our episodes uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the receiving core. I think it was with the Boston Globe, and they were talking. You know, they asked him the question of do you feel any pressure going into your third year? And he's like, no, it's like, really? 
nothing at all. You have not lived up to being a first round draft pick. Forget about what team you're on and who's your quarterback. You have not lived up to the expectations of where you were drafted. There are several guys below you that are AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. You don't feel any pressure. That's not the mentality that I want. I don't want to hear that. Right. right. And, and on top of that, like this is a year where we have all said wide receiver is probably one of their weaknesses still, probably one of their biggest weaknesses. Like, even though you brought in Nelson Aguilar and you brought in Kendrick Bourne and you have Jacoby Myers, whatever you think of him, this is a still pretty open competition for who's going to rise up and be the wide receiver one, who's going to slot in the two, three, so on. Greg Bedard kind of pointed this out. Like, he's just taking his ball and going home. That's exactly what it is. Like, this is a like your first chance to really compete for an open competition of the number one spot and you I'm, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't want to be here. He's I want to find some, I want to find somewhere else where, I mean, if you're in Arizona, like they're, they're pretty set at wide receiver. Like they, right. they, they got Hopkins, they got Kirk. They, if they bring back Fitzgerald, like they, you're, you're fourth on the depth chart didn't at, they, at didn't max. They, didn't they sign AJ green? I think, AJ yeah, I, think I think they did. Yeah. So he's, he's delusional. He's delusional. But again, I say it's because he doesn't want to actually compete. He wants to be the type of guy who only plays in the red zone. He wants to just have himself fit a role in an offense where he does one thing and he doesn't actually have to try and get better at the things that he's not good at, which I really don't even know what it is that he's good at. Cause it's not like he has elite hands He's not a very strong guy for having a, a, a good frame and a good sized body. There's no speed. We've talked about that. Does his football IQ jump off the page to you? Not really. Like, what is there about Nikhil Harry other than the I'll name? give him credit? There were there were some good catches that he had in 2019 with Brady. I mean, the first one that I can really vividly remember is not vividly remember, but uh back of the end zone against Cincinnati. Thought that was a good play. Came back, he came back to Brady. You know, and a, one with the Cowboys. So it's like, why you just why can't you be that consistent? Did he have that Stidham touchdown that he caught? Yeah, this that year. Was, that was the, good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, what would you say you do here, Nikhil? <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you guys want for him? I, I, I still think you can get better than a sixth round pick because I just, if, if there's this many teams that are out there saying like, take a flyer on him what would Nikhil hit like I'm every time I'm working it's like yeah. I see something that pops up on the Chiefs I see something that pops up on the Dolphins because we actually something. heard this a while ago is that like yeah uh, I think it was around dra the draft that rumors were coming out that teams were looking for uh yeah uh, they were like looking for trade value yeah with Nikhil Harry which shot up to everybody like really listen him it, it only takes <laughs> it only takes one person to be stupid enough to give you what you want and for you to say yes. That's it. But it sounds like we're all out on Nikhil Harry. In yeah. on the trade of Nikhil Harry. Of course. Just haven't seen enough. Like, what is there to keep him around for? With who you have now. Well, where do we stand with one Stefan Gilmore who wants to get paid? <laughs> Again. Look, I am... I used to think one way about contracts in the NFL because I was undereducated, I would say, in that, well, you know, if you sign a contract for five years, $65 million, you play for five years and $65 million and you don't negotiate a new deal until your current one is over. 
then I started realizing how dirty the NFL was and how you'll sign like a six-year deal, but you'll get cut after the second year and all that money that you were supposed to be making never actually ends up in your pocket. So I've kind of flip-flopped on my attitude when it comes to players wanting new contracts towards the end of their deal because if a team can say, nope, you're done, why can't a player say, nope, I'm done with you? So I think Stefan Gilmore needs to be paid. I'd probably be looking at giving him close to about $14 million a year, too. I do, too, but did he get really screwed to begin with? No. Because he was still going to make $13 million this year, but you just took half of it and you forwarded it last year because he wasn't happy. Right. So now you're just right back to where you are. I would say you're in an even worse spot than where you are because now he's being underpaid. For well, now his... it's just getting worse, yeah. Right. Like, again, I just I, I use the example if a team can no longer uh, can choose to no longer honor the contract that they signed you to because you've been underperforming. Why can't a player no longer uh, abide by the contract he signed because he's overperforming? Right. And and I think in the this, this case specifically of Stefan Gilmore, he has been able to play it out. But if he didn't play up to that defensive player of the year standards that he set for himself – like he he could have been a, a someone that they moved on from. I I'm I kind of followed that same uh, attitude, like thinking, oh, this is the team. Like you should you should play for the contract. Same thing. At this point right now, Stefan Gilmore is the one thing that is keeping your defense from being a top three defense or like a middle of the pack defense. Because mm. we saw GC Jackson last year in. I love the guy. I think he's a great wide cornerback uh, too. But like, you saw him in in the one or two games without Stefan Gilmore, he was he was getting beat around by Stefan Diggs. It's he, I don't think he's at that level, or at least not yet. Like, if you keep Stefan Gilmore around, you have the potential, and you made all these moves to invest in your defense and make sure the front seven's locked up, and you still have Devin Devin McCourty, and you, you're now having Kyle Duggar uh, ascend into the the starting safety spot. If you if you lose out on Stefan Gilmore, your defense falls way down. Yeah. And, and that that's what's trying to keep you afloat this season. Like that your your offense is has potential, but your defense has potential to be great. What was the what did they tender uh JC Jackson at? Didn't they only tender him with like a second round pick or something? I think it was a second round tender, yeah. Like how did no team say we'll give him like four or five million dollars and give up a first round pick? Like He's 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 a very talented corner. I don't think that he's got the best coverage skills, but his ball skills are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he might get beat every now and then. Maybe he needs some extra safety help over the top. But if he's still going to be a threat anytime I throw over on that side of the field where he may be the one to come down with the ball, it's going to make me think twice about going in that direction. So I don't know. Would I give him $10 million a year? No, I don't think I'd do that. That's that's starting number one corner level money. And even that's kind of like on a bargain. Well, yeah, it's like not even anymore, though, because like when you looked at the the list that CBS put out and like 14 million was the 10th highest paid cornerback. Like, yeah, we're, we're at a point now where where money is ridiculous in this league and you're going to have to start paying these guys like I would like to keep Gilmore around on another two years after this. Like I, I would I would pay him to try to make him happy and stay around because. 
you really, like I said, this defense really has potential to be one of the one of the better defenses we've seen in New England, and he's he's that key to that. So if you want to give him, it, it all depends on what he's going to take. But I I would pay him around that $13, 14000000 million dollar mark. It's just whether or not that's what he's looking for because he's he. This is the problem with it's good and bad that he's so quiet all the time. He's he, he, you don't ever hear exactly what he wants. I want to be paid what I'm worth. What is that Steph? No one, he won't tell you. I, I think that uh, 14 million would definitely get it done. For some reason, I heard someone throw out the number 12 and a half. What was the, the number that they gave Darrell Rivas back in 2014? I think it was around like 12, $13 million. And then there was an option for about 14 million bucks and they were yeah, like, that sounds they're, right. they're never going to pick that up they're never going to pay a defensive player that much money the other aspects or the other way of thinking like stefan gilmore he's the first player that belichick's had to deal with post brady who's been upset about a contract and this is going to be the first time where uh, let's face it he's probably the best player on the team and he wants to get his full value so are you going to stand your ground like you did with Brady for 20 years and, and be like, well, fine, we're going to get rid of you. We'll trade you. Or are you going to be like, we actually have to pay guys to keep them around. Now? There have been even like other examples too. Like look at Logan Makins. He yeah. sat out for half the year and then they paid him. He came back and Belichick was completely fine. Will Fork was another one. Will I don't Fork. know. I don't know if he held out of games. I think he held out in training camp, but mm. not a hundred percent sure. But yeah, I mean, Guys have had problems with contracts in the past. It's just a coin flip whether or not they end up uh, staying with the team or not. Look, I, I think that if they wanted to move on from Stefan Gilmore at the end of last year, meaning like around the draft, fine, go ahead. If you're at the point in the offseason, we're, we're basically at the point of the, the preseason. Like we're that close to it. You can't go into the year without your top defensive player if your defense is going to be the strength of your team. Right. And and it's crazy how much things have changed from a, a vision standpoint of this team uh, to even the beginning of the offseason or right after the end of last season. Like, if you had asked me, I think we did talk about it, I was all about trading Stefan Gilmore back then because, I mean, I thought this was, this was a team still headed on the downward trajectory. And you've now signed a bunch of free agents and you've drafted what you hope to be the quarterback of the future. Wouldn't you want to make your defense as good for as long as possible? You don't have really a plan beyond this year at cornerback because like we said, JC's a, JC's a free agent and Steph's going to be a free agent. Joe and that, and that, yeah, that would make Joe Juan and Jonathan Jones, your two number one and two cornerbacks. So you want to set up your, your quarterback of the future, quote unquote, to succeed you're probably going to need your number one cornerback there. Well, I think we Michael Jackson is on the team still. He could probably Michael Jackson is still there. Um, <laughs> Miles My, Bryant, who had that one interception against Dallas, uh, that, was it Dallas? I think it was L.A. Right? Yes, against L.A. last year. They're fine. They're okay. <laughs> they're, they can get ready to Just go more. Fine. They can move on. Well, here here will be the problem with with the cornerback position is they've succeeded so many times with undrafted cornerbacks that people are just going to be like, oh, he can do it again. Well, outside, well, I guess Jackson was undrafted. Butler was undrafted. Outside of those two, I don't really, I can't really name one off the top of my head. I like Miles Bryant. I, like I know we're joking, but I like Miles Bryant. No, I mean he's he's a fine player. I'm not saying that he doesn't belong on the team, but. 
Malcolm Butler was a number one quality corner for a couple of years, a few years. Mm-hmm. JC Jackson is very close to being a number one level corner on a, on a good team. Right. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say Bryant is there yet. No, 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 not yet. Maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Him Probably. and Michael Jackson, top two starting cornerbacks week four against Brady. The other thing that like blows my mind too is how much cap space do they have? Don't they have like $16 million in cap space right now? Yeah. Well, just about. What are they saving that for? Like your your roster is built. Well, I'm thinking they're probably with that 14 million, because you're not going to just take 14 million and extend it for two years. Because then it's going to be back to all right. You're making 14 this year. You're going to make seven next year. He's not going to want to do that. So I think you're at least going to take however much it is out of that. That Gilmore's going to injure. Just going to make him happy again this year, and then he's going to become a free agent. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I, I They don't have enough to, unless when we cut people and, you know, trades and all that stuff. I don't know how much that's going to open up. But it's really with what they have left right now, kind of just to me, I think they're just going to make him happy this year. Yeah. Masala, if you were going to hand Stefan Gilmore a check, you've got $16 million that you could spend. How much of that money would you give to him? I, me personally, right now, Looking at the way that this team is built, I would give him ten. I would give him ten. I don't think he gets it done. An additional ten, or yeah, you... an additional ten. Okay, so that brings him up to seven. Yeah, that no, okay, that's fine. Yeah. That that'll <laughs> here's, that... here's three million, Stefan. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, yeah, you go like three an extra three million dollars is probably not gonna get it done. Here, here's some lunch money. You can buy yourself a cookie at, for for a snack. Because even some then, pocket you, lint. You've still got <laughs> six is. million dollars that you can spend on whatever you think you need, like. You could still probably afford to upgrade the receiver position, the wide receiver position yeah. at least, uh, but maybe a little bit on the defensive line. I know that they drafted Barmore. They brought back Lawrence Guy. They they still could probably use someone in, in more of a traditional run-stuffing role. Um, they don't really have a lot of needs. That's why I don't understand why they're saving it. The... I think there would be two reasons why they'd be saving it is one, they want to extend somebody early and that way they'll be able to like, if, if they wanted to pay JC Jackson right now, you could pay him load up some of that contract this year and extend him for the future, or they want to carry it over to next year. Like they just did last year, but you can't carry money over on the salary cap. Yeah. They did it this year. How they care. They carried over like 10 million this year, 20 million, something like that. Okay, I might, I must not be up to date on the rules. So if you don't spend money, like if you've got, this is, this is turning into that episode of The Office where (laughs) Michael asks Oscar to explain a lemonade stand to him like he's five years old. He, all right. So if you don't spend a certain amount of money or all the money to the cap, you get to carry it over and add it on to the next year. You get to carry over at least some of it. I don't know the exact number, but I know teams carried over because I know the Patriots carried over a good so, amount from last year. so stupid. Why? The National Hockey League does not get enough credit for their salary cap. It is very simplistic. You sign the contract. That's how long you play for. That's how much money you make. If so the, going into this season, they carried over $19.6 million from last year. Because they didn't spend that money Correct. last year or because they couldn't spend that money last year because they thought didn't that, uh, spend that money see, i think that's such a it's not, but it's not much to work with 20 million dollars 
the average NFL player doesn't make more than like a million bucks, right? Because there's so many guys that get like right minimum I mean, deals, and it could get you like a uh, two Nelson Aguilars or one J- Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> you know, or one Stefan Gilmore, right? So, but, I think, like I said, I think they should they should use that money, make him happy for this year. If you can't extend him for the future, and you can carry over like five million, like you still can carry over that money. Like, I get that they want to save it for this scenario happens. Somebody goes down in the season. They need to make an acquisition if they're if they're still on the way to their in their minds a playoff run. But you're still I get not that. going. You're not going to be able to bring in a player that's going to cost you $5 million without having to give something of significance up like that. that right. just doesn't. You're not going to get like a $5 million quarterback is not going to make a difference for you. If Cam Newton, Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer go down, I'm assuming Jarrett Stidham's not with us anymore. He's dearly departed. Certainly he, not dead. Yeah. That's when he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> he does for his $5 best million. Work. He does his best work when he's dead and gone. <laughs> what are you going to really be able to get? I think, you know, maybe you'd be able to pull off one of those trades that you did in 2014 for like a Jonathan Casillas or uh, who is the defensive lineman that they got? Was it Akeem Hicks? Akeem Hicks. Yeah. Um, so you could probably you can get like a, a tweener player on another roster and then maybe be able to maximize something. You with, could get like an Akeem Talib midseason. Yeah, that's a good one, though. That's a really good one. But again, it's like you, you have to find that player with baggage. Does that player exist this year? It seems to me now more and more teams are willing to hold on to players that have a little bit of, uh, let's say, issues staying on the line, in line. I don't, I don't know exactly. Like The fact that the Houston Texans haven't gotten rid of Deshaun Watson already kind of blows my mind. It's pretty crazy that we're three weeks out and we haven't heard a single word in months. I don't very quiet. I don't even think the the league has talked to him yet. I, I, like I, I we are like fancy drafts are happening right now. People yeah. are drafting for their fancy teams, and they don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play. I saw a report like a month ago saying that he might not come back until twenty twenty three. I I don't know why, but I, <laughs> it was it was part of the headline. Um, but no, I think that the teams are, are more willing now to hold on to a player with a little bit of baggage. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, like Ezekiel Elliott should not be making as much money as he does. Right. He's got to afford those crop tops somehow. Yeah. Well, and it all depends on, again, if, if you were talented, like Barkevius Mingo today got cut after he had a, he had something with a, like child abuse or neglect to a child. Allegedly. Allegedly. I saw uh, child indecency. Yes. I don't, yes. I don't fully oh, know what that uh, means. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't totally know what that means, but I can imagine it's got something to do with uh, more than physical nature. Yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Shame. He's denied it. He's it's, uh... straight up denied it. Where is he now? Atlanta. Uh, no, he's on the street now, but he was. Oh yeah. Right. I guess that's that's what I was asking is where did this happen? Atlanta. <laughs> I, I, what a right. world. Let's say worst case scenario, they do end up trading or, or they're gun to their head and they have to move on from Stefan Gilmore. They got to trade him. What would be the minimum that you would take in a, in a one for one type deal for him? Either picks or type of player 
or, you know, anything. If it was going to be one for one, I'm giving you Gilmore, you give me blank. See, I don't think that trade exists for me. Like I, I would want a two and I don't think a team's giving you a two because other teams also know he's not going to play pick. He's not going to play for what he's being paid. I think you could get him for a two. I don't think that's happening. It would be a late two. Like if, if I'm picking, if I'm slated to pick somewhere or, or I'm thinking that my team is going to be picking anywhere in the late fifties to early sixties in the second round, late second round, because I'm competing for a championship, I'd give up the 50th to 60th overall pick for Stefan Gilmore. And I'm, gonna get him, and I'm going to get him for three years after that. Now I'm going to have to pay him. Right. But again, you're, you're not talking about a guy that's fallen off a cliff. No, and I don't, and it, I don't it, think that Gilmore is really going to be the type of player who will get fat and happy. Like we're not going to be looking at a Darrell Revis in uh, his second tenure with the New York Jets type deal after he gets <laughs> paid again. Right. But like you're giving up a second round pick and $50 million or if you're, if you're, Doing a two, three, uh, a three-year deal. I mean, sure. Uh, a second-round pick and fifty million dollars right away for a guy who, yes, he hasn't fallen off the cliff yet. He's also in his thirties and missed a good percentage of last year. Not didn't miss a ton of games, but was clearly dealing with his leg injury uh, for the remainder of the season. Yeah. I- he was dealing with the leg injury and I know that he's said that it's sort of, or was it a hamstring? He's, he's, I think he's said recently that like his hamstring sort of like, it's okay, but I'm not a hundred percent. So he knows what he's doing there. He's clearly giving himself a little bit of an out to say, well, I didn't report to camp, not for the contract situation, but because I wasn't fully healthy, I'm still recovering from a season ending injury. I, uh, I, I just, I don't think that it would make a lot of sense for him to be really open about that because then doesn't it sort of kill your trade value? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you say, well, I'm injured, I'm recovering from an injury and the, the uh, St. Lu- St. Louis Rams, holy shit, Los Angeles Rams come calling and they're like, we found a way to get $15 million. We restructured Aaron Donald's contract. Uh, here's a second round pick. Gilmore, come here. But, Oh, wait a minute. You said that you're kind of hurt. Well, there goes our $15 million. Well, it's contract. kind of like what could be going on with the Patriots. Like, we want you to come in. We want to see you run. Are you know, do we have damaged goods or are you really 100%? Yeah. There's no way of knowing because he's not showing up. Right. And so he's we- going to have to, like, this is the first year where the new, the new CBA kicks in. And if you don't show up to training camp, you actually have to pay those fines. It's not like a, uh, the team could just be like, oh, yeah, don't worry about those fines that we actually gave you. Like, you have to pay them now. So I wonder if those are if, – if it's a team fine, it stays with the team. League fines usually go like – don't they go to like charities or something? Yeah. So if it's a team fine, you could basically just say it, factor it into the contract. Like if you yeah. miss, I don't know, if he misses two weeks and he gets fined $50,000 Yeah, they, they used to just basically like forgive him. Yeah. So it could, in a way, sort of be the same thing, but you're right. He's going to be penalized, and that's why I think he would rather get a deal done sooner rather than later. All right, I do want to bring this up just just out of curiosity. I forget who I talked with about it, but the idea that Gilmore's going through like a divorce, and that's why he's trying to get more yeah, money. I remember this. Yeah, like... 
Uh, or he's yeah, trying to like so. wait now. I haven't don't. seen. I haven't heard anything about him going through a divorce. I. There was something about how his house was for sale and then it wasn't, and his yeah. wife like unfollowed him and they like took all the pictures of each other off of social media or something. That was it the, was yeah it was the the it, social. There media. was some weird stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily linked. I mean, could, definitely could be. Allegedly, it's, it's a possibility. I know that Robert Kraft was was talking about going to the promised land with him and his wife and having a fantastic experience, but you know. Marriages aren't always designed to last forever. Ain't that the truth? Wow, we we take dark turns very quickly. <laughs> Look at Brady and Belichick on the show. Well, that was twenty years. That's usually when marriages, most marriages, end. Actually, is twenty. Uh, see, here's here's you want to get really into it. Is I mean, when we came up with the idea of marriage, we would all be dead after twenty years together. So, like, yeah, you're not supposed to be together that long. That's a very good point. <laughs> Getting married at 16, having kids at 18, dying at 38. Right. Glorious. <laughs> so it's, but it seems like we're all also on the same page of this team's going to be better with Gilmore than without it. There's nothing that you could acquire for him. There's nothing that you could save your money on and spend next offseason because I don't think they're going to be spending in back to back offseasons if they're going to try and carry something over. You're a better team with Gilmore. You're you're a much better team with Gilmore. Boys, I think we're going to have ourselves a baseball season. We are having ourselves a baseball season. <laughs> we are. Season. We are quite literally halfway through a baseball season. <laughs> we're more on track than, to win 81 games or something. I think they're on track to win like over 100, right? Yeah. I or think we're past about that point 100. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, past the point of 80 now. No. Actually, what the hell? The baseball season kind of sucks. Because you get so and no, 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 it does. You get so enamored with it in the beginning because it's the start of spring and the sun's starting to come out and it's a different sport to watch on TV. And it's like, oh man, I'm an idiot. We're at like Jesus. We've, all, we've almost we've we've played eighty games. Yeah, no, I knew that we were at that. Like, yeah, more than halfway. And yeah. We're probably yeah. closer to like ninety or hundred now. But I always look forward to the baseball season, and then usually around like late April, the whole month of May and most of June, like what I'm really talking is like the Stanley cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. You lose a little bit of interest. The Red Sox have been interesting this entire season. And that yeah. has been maybe the biggest surprise in baseball. I know that, uh, who, who is it? that three teams out in the NL West all have like 50 or more wins. It's, and they're like, is it the Giants are leading that division and nobody predicted them to, to do anything? Mm -hmm. I, uh, but I would say the Red Sox, not just leading the American League East, but kind of dominating their way through the American League East and not having trouble with any particular team in the league has been the, the, the best surprise of, of the summer. Yeah, they've, they've looked really good all around. Um, the real question will obviously be, is it sustain sustainable over a full season? Are you going to maintain health? Um, they're heading into the all-star break right now in a, in a very good position. Uh, the really, the only team that they've had an issue with so far this year has been Houston and they've been very, very good this year. So yeah. if you can keep yourself in the conversation of top three teams in the division, uh, in the conference, in the AL, the league, uh, that would be, that that would be a great story heading into the playoffs. Well, I, I I had said this before the before the season started. Like they had a chance to be a wild card team. I didn't think that they were going to uh, surpass the Rays as quickly as they did. 
I didn't either. And I think they've benefited from glass now getting hurt by throwing a ball with no sticky mm-hmm. stuff. Of course. <sighs> Common thing happens all the time. It's unbelievable. And I was talking with, uh, with me and before we started recording today, like there's a lot of storylines about this team. Like three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about them getting Chris sale, mm-hmm. like right around that trade deadline. And I know, I know, I know that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and pull off this whole, well, we didn't need to acquire anybody at the trade deadline. We got Chris sale back. And to be honest with you guys, that's kind of what I hope happens because I don't want them to start gutting this now semi-rebuilt farm system. I think uh, Tanner Houck was supposed to get called up. He's going to be thrown into the rotation. Uh, I would imagine during the second half of the season, once they come back from the all-star break, they're probably going to give Jaron Duran a call. Uh, They may end up going with Tristan Cassis down the road, but I mean, they're, they're going to get a lot of help internally, externally. Uh, they could always use, always use help in the bullpen though. And Oh boy, what a disaster of a performance. Well, that's, that's the thing is <laughs> they're looking for pitching at that trade deadline, but so is like every other Everybody team. In the does, MLB. Yeah. Everybody's looking for pitching right now. It's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. There, there are going to be a lot of suitors out there. And I think that because you have the ability to kind of, take on more than other teams you can say well this is a bad contract we'll take it on this is kind of like what they did with Adovino, right because mm-hmm. Adovino, i think is making like eight million dollars or ten million dollars or something and the yankees had to eat some of that money but like the main reason they made the trade was just to kind of like get them off their books and he's been solid for them and, and barnes is well deserving of that contract extension and the all-star bid but I'm not, I'd be lying if I said in a one-run game in mid-October, I'm not going to be nervous with him out on the mound. Like, he's still going to give me some cause for concern. Right. That's kind of how I feel about the entirety of the, the bullpen. And they have played well um, over, like, the last few months with the with – the, uh, Leaving out kind of yesterday, um, yeah. but but the rest well, of down five one right now as we speak. <laughs> wonderful, um, but like <laughs> yeah, the the entirety of the bullpen has pitched very well this season. Like your the additions that you're going to be looking for, like are probably going to be a either a fifth starter to replace your Garrett Richards or your Martin Perez, and again that could be a, a Hauk or a Sale. Um, and then like first base is the only other thing that's really been talked about it. Cause you haven't really been getting consistent production out of Dahlbeck or Santana or whoever they've thrown there. Yeah. It's so, definitely been a bit of a black hole. Hearing some things right. about French uh, Cordero though, down at Worcester. Yeah. Well, he's at, been, at he, he's the new Rusne Castillo of just absolutely destroying triple A. Well, there's also, I guess, some theories out there that uh, polar park is maybe a little, it's not exactly a legitimate baseball stadium to be hitting home runs in. I guess like if you're like a left-handed hitter or something, it, the ball really, really carries. Is that bias Rhode Islander talking right now? Or? No, I, I, I'm dead serious. <laughs> He's mad. He's mad about uh, Pawtucket not being there. He's done. no, no. Haven't you seen people talking about Duran saying, well, his he's so okay. Well, if you look at his splits, I don't know them off the top of my head, but all these home runs that he hits, they're all at home. Right doesn't hit home runs on the road and they're all master uh, master massive monster shots yeah they they have like you said they have a good group of replenished bull uh replenished uh farm hands um they have 
another chance tonight to get a piece that you don't want to move on from. Like they have, they have a ton of guys who I have been following. Like this year has been the closest I've ever followed the draft or um, college baseball, the, the college baseball, the prospects, um, even your the prospects in your own pipeline. Like I've, I've watched Worcester Red Sox games this year, like on TV. Like are they fun I've, to watch? I, I mean, not really because it's quick, still triple a baseball but quick quick, it, quick real quick aside i've actually uh realized uh because the Pawtucket red Sox are no longer i'm going to substitute them probably not this summer uh, maybe at one point i will instead of going to Pawtucket to watch a baseball game i'll just start going to fucking foxborough and watch soccer games like if i really want to get outside for a night that's for a I'm cheap night yeah that's what i'm gonna do how's the summer to do it they're pretty they're good. pretty good they're good this year yeah Worcester, yeah. I mean, I would drive out there for other reasons. I don't know if I'd go for AAA <laughs> baseball, but I would just for once, just to see Polar Park, see what's you know what's going on. See what's if happening. Sale pitches there on a weekend, I'm gonna try to go up. I know if his I, rehab oh, starts up there. Man, yeah, I'm trying. So you you talk about like Pawtucket Red Sox used to be this massive bargain. You'd be able to get a ticket for like seven bucks and free parking and like yep. A soda for like a dollar twenty-five. It was like fucking nineteen fifties type shit. Uh, see, I think I spent more on like concessions than I did on my actual ticket the last time I went to a Paw Sox. Game. Probably. <laughs> I know a guy who went to the opening night for at Polar Park, and he spent. I kid you not. And it really doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when it's you're talking minor league baseball for the Boston Red Sox, it's a shocking amount. Sixty dollars for a ticket. Who to a Triple A baseball game? That's like. Is he That's is outfield. he on That's the field? Fenway. No, <laughs> borderline. He was not on the field. It was, and when he said it, "That's you sitting in the grandstands at Fenway Park." I, I was. It kind of is. Yeah, it's like not not I got by bleach, different. I got bleacher. I got bleacher tickets this year for like thirty eight bucks. Or bleacher, yeah. Yeah, he. You know, I, I was talking with him, and he was like, "Yeah, no, I went. It's cool. It was nice. You know, I bought the tickets a little bit in advance. They're only like fifty bucks, sixty bucks." And I was like, "Only fifty bucks, sixty bucks." This was yeah, that's like crazy. two months ago. That would have opening to have been night. like, yeah. Uh, oh, opening I, I, night, ballpark, new team. Still, I would not spend that much money on a ticket. Yeah. Right, for AAA. I, I, I get that. But it is a it is a good opportunity that you get to see these rehab assignments. Like, that's that's what I want to go see. Like I, like I said, if Sale pitches on a night that I can actually make it to Worcester safely, which is always a question, but um, that like I want to go see that team up there. Like, I, they... It's been a while since the Red Sox have had uh, players in AAA, AA that I've been interested in, and they finally had that. I don't want to move on from anybody or even know about. Right, like they've just been they've been a black hole in their farm system for the last really five years, probably since Devers came up. I mean, since the Henry Owens era, we had a little bit of something with Michael Chavis. Like he, Mm -hmm. he gave us a little bit of a tease, but. And I thought he was going to be much better than he turned out to be. Like, is he still, he's still in AAA. Like he's, he's been coming back and forth whenever there's an injury. Yeah. I mean, he strikes me as the type of guy I do not look at him as being a four a player. He should be on a major league roster. I don't know if he should be playing every day, but right. I don't know. I'm also not the general manager or president of baseball operations or whatever Heim Bloom is, is chief baseball operator officer, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. He's in charge. He's definitely in charge and he's done a good job. Yeah. If you look at the, like 
just think about the trade that they made for um for Pavetta last year. Like you traded Heath Hembry and Brandon Workman for Nick Pavetta and Connor, Connor Seabold. Brandon Workman is back on your team. Right. <laughs> Heath Hembry stunk. And Nick Pavetta has been maybe your best pitcher. But most consistent. This year. Right. Your most consistent pitcher. And Connor Seabold has been injured. He was working on it. That's for sure. Yep. I, I, yeah. That we have. I think Corp pulled him. We, yeah. We talked about that, right? The no hit, yeah. the no hitter. That was, that, that was like, yeah. That embarrassing. Was, oh, yeah. That was the week that we were talking about pulling guys with no hitters, letting guys stay in with no hitters. How about Garrett Cole yesterday going 129 pitches for a complete game shutout? Basically telling Aaron Boone to suck his fucking dick when he went to go and take the ball from him. And he was like, no, this is mine. That spineless manager. Holy cow. They got a problem in New York and I love it. Yeah, they do. Eight games back. You'll love to see it. <laughs> Did you see the home run that Judge hit? The uh, little celebration that he had? The, the pretending of closing of the jersey? Mm-hmm. Very petty. Very, very petty. So, all right, you know what? Let's, let's talk. We did most hated teams a couple of weeks ago. I think the last episode that we, we recorded. This is how I know I hate the Montreal Canadiens more than the New York Yankees. Like, I can root for the Yankees when they play the Astros. I wasn't rooting for the Yankees when they played the Astros in the playoffs, but during the regular season, like, yeah, I could see that. Like I would rather see the Yankees beat the Astros than the Astros beat the Yankees. That type of thing. Yeah. I, I still can't do that. I can't, I can't like, I, I Fair. get, I get the, I get the cheating thing, but I, I, I still can't do it. I can't bring myself to support that organization. It's it's fair to see like, yeah, rooting is a root is a strong word when it comes to the Yankees. Um, it's it, the cheating. Yeah, that's really what it's for. Like I'll root against you know the Astros regardless of who they're against. But yeah. I don't know. See the thing with Montreal. Like, would you have really been that upset if they won? I would have been devastated. Masala, would you really have been that upset if they won? I wouldn't have been, but I am. I am not as invested in the Bruins as Nick. As Nick. I'm not gonna say like chamber loaded bullet in the mouth type thing. <laughs> like that's that's probably a little See, bit. I of a hate stretch. the fact that Tampa Bay won. I don't mind it. Like I, I absolutely hate it. I like. I'm waiting for someone from that stupid city to say like we're the new Boston. Go ahead. Say They've it. all been saying it. They've been calling themselves Champa Bay for the last two years. A bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> They have a bunch like, of old, old retired farts. That's what they are. They are. Yeah. I actually used to have family that lived in the Tampa area. I, I kind of like Tampa. I feel uh, like I could, I would work out in Tampa. I feel like you I could go could. down there and win a championship immediately. No, Best not, podcast. not like, no, no, not like that. I I, yeah. Right. Best pot. The only podcast probably <laughs> the, uh, Carol Baskin though. I think I'd, I'd probably have a difficult time with her. That, that type of she Tampa, down in Tampa? Yeah. She's, she oh, was, yeah. Yep. She was Tampa. That's, yep. Better husband to a tiger. At least we'd never, we'd never see you again. We'd, we would have to go check the insides of a tiger and <laughs> it would be a whole process. I, if, if this were to happen, I, uh, I'm sorry. I probably wouldn't go check the mouth of a tiger for you. Yeah. I no, just want that to be known. That's fine. That's okay. I don't <laughs> see myself going south of like Connecticut anytime soon anyway. So <laughs> for being honest, but, um, it's a great area. So it, Bridgeport, it, it's lovely. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yale, but then you go past Bridgeport and you get to Fairfield, which is like a complete one eighty, Com- uh, complete one eighty of like you know, 
uh, it's nice areas. Isn't Fairfield like wicked nice? Old money. That's yeah. what that is. Greenwich. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would love. Like, to- we think like people think Barrington is rich. Oh no. Fairfield blows us out of the water. Oh yeah. Like just saying. But yeah, by a lot, a lot, a lot. Oh yeah. Masala. Did you play Little League Baseball in 2004? Uh, yeah. Did you participate in the Vindog League? The Vindog League. Do you know I mean, what I'm I, talking about? I, I played baseball. Like Me and his son were on a team together for like a year or two. Okay. Because I, I was on the blog the other day and I came across this Norton little league that he ran for one summer, like back in 2004. And I was trying to figure out the ages of it. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like the Masala definitely played in this, this little uh, league that Vindog put together. Yeah. If, if it was the same one, like, yeah, like I played, we, he, his son was on my team a couple years. That's hysterical. <laughs> I don't, I don't it know was, why I think that's it was so very strange when he got hired there. <laughs> well he loved it he we needed the kids to play somewhere and they weren't going to be able to play you would have had a summer with no baseball and, and especially in 2004 like that was the height of baseball in new england it, it was a great time I, I i loved playing little league there's a park there's a park right down the street from my house then they have like that that one's it's terrible it's like right next to like a it's like right next to like a pet rescue or like animal sanctuary thing oh. so it smells terrible um but there's a like a complex further down the street, which is top quality, top quality. And I'm sure he had something to do with that. I, I grew up uh, the closest field to me was the shit was by far the shittiest field. And the year after I left like the small fields and really just stopped playing Little League altogether, they redid the entire field and they turned it into the nice, nicest field in the town. Of course. Like that's where they hold all the championships now. It's like up the street from my house. Unfair. It's an unfair world we live in. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's good to stay young. Oftentimes it's good to stay young. You know True. what though? There are advantages of getting old though. There there are. Some there's some. Uh so do we think the Red Sox are gonna make the playoffs though? Like if we were gonna put money on it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Wild card division. I think division. I think division. It's interesting. Don't isn't Tampa Bay's last on their schedule, right? Uh, they or might be. I it? know you usually finish up the last three series of the year, usually against division teams. I think that's like the equivalent of how interesting the past two years it's been between Buffalo and New England. Yeah. In terms of division. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It'll it'll come down to the end. I think. I don't. This is not as good as Boston has been. I don't think that their record is really reflective of how talented they are. They probably yeah. well, nobody expected that. Nobody expected that. I just hope that they can maintain that they don't take like a, a late August dip. I think Tampa's what game and a half back right now. Yeah, as of today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. It's there's not a lot of room for comfort. Not impossible. And again, but, like, we're talking, what do they usually say? Baseball, the first two months, you figure out what you have. The next two months, you try and improve. And then the last two months, you just play it out. So we're still in the improvement stage. We're getting to the end of the improvement stage. Like, 
You're the fucking Boston Red Sox. If your competition is the Tampa Bay Rays, you should be able to outspend them and beat them to whatever improvement you're going to get. Right. Yeah, we're getting into the dog days of summer now, so it's it's only Red Sox from here on out. Pretty much. There's only bad things for for the Red Sox and their coverage on local media. They'll get hammered if they start if they start tipping. It, yeah, yeah, they they can't. The focus is on them, and as they should, because if you if you have the first half that you do, and nobody's expecting you to have it, which they've been comparing that start to years like 07, like thirteen, right? Like yeah, you're you're talking. I think at the halfway point, they were on pace to win like 100 or 102 games. Yeah. Like that's I'm six games is a lot, but you're six games off the set in the record. It was like 108 wins or something like that. Yeah, that's what they did in 2018. Yeah, I, I just I think if they were to make the playoffs and have a like a first round exit, it would be a little bit of a disappointment. But again, just making the playoffs at this point, that's that's what we could have asked for at the beginning of the season. Just give us meaningful baseball games. Now we're hopefully going to be getting meaningful baseball games in October. Thank you guys for listening to Moving the Goalposts, which, whichever episode we, we ended on. Um, be sure to follow along throughout the week. All of us, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at NickMara94. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? me on twitter at mike underscore masala or on instagram at mike masala nfl i think you can catch me in at me in underscore a 83 me and aj underscore 83 me and aj underscore 83 and then the twitter is me and oh a. oh i'm sorry i thought you said twitter first twitter is me and underscore aj me and aj underscore 83 instagram is me and uh underscore aj yeah till next time mike later brother peace I'm gonna tell you a story